0: Good evening, a good Monday Thursday to all of you. I see a lot of familiar faces. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with me, my name is Nate. I serve as Executive Pastor at Trinity Westside, but was here with, uh, with Incarnation for about two years. Uh, so this is, this is home for me as well. I'd like you to think about the Gospel reading that Daryl just read. Let the Holy Spirit take you into that scene, into the room with Jesus and his disciples. There's Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He lay aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. What a powerful symbol. The master takes the role of a servant. He of whom John the Baptist said he was not worthy to untie his sandals is now down on his knees, untying the sandals of fishermen, of ordinary men. The Lord of all creation, for whom the earth is his footstool, is now washing the feet of a tax collector. This is the ultimate of humility, humility motivated by love, a powerful symbol for his disciples, although they didn't fully understand it at the time, a powerful symbol for us. This was work to which Christ was unsuited. Now we have two records in the Gospels of Jesus' feet being washed, anointed, wiped. But this is the only episode that we have recorded of Jesus washing other people's feet. This is not work to which he was accustomed. I don't think he had any special training in washing people's feet. This was unfamiliar work to him. In uh, my new role at Trinity, I'm doing some unfamiliar work as, as well. I, uh, for about uh, 30 years, uh, served as a physician, as a scientist, as an organizational leader, and, and now I'm in some sense washing the feet of, of the church. Um, I'm writing job descriptions and balancing budgets for Jesus. Um, that's not such a supreme act of humility, but many of you may find in this stage of your life that you're called upon to do work for which you are ungifted, unprepared, and unsuited. And you're called to do it because it's the need of the moment. Do it as an act of humility and an act of love. We are created in the image of God are called to do our work here in the dust of the earth. Stripped of all posturing and pretense, uh, we find our true self by embracing our nothingness in humility and love. As we follow Christ's example, as we wash one another's feet metaphorically, we can express the humility of Christ and the love of Christ not only for each other, but for the world. This act that we are going to remember and reenact in a moment is an act of humility and an act of love. As we look around the room, we see an unexpected face. We see the face of Judas. This took place before Judas left. Jesus washed. Judas's feet as well. Now, he could have waited for Judas to leave, but he chose not to. You can see the powerful imagery in what he says. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Jesus was literally washing that heel that was already being lifted against him. Jesus calls us also to wash the feet, not just of our friends, but of our enemies, the people who disappoint us, the people who betray us. What Jesus does here is not only an act of supreme humility and love, but an act of forgiveness and mercy. Verse 2, it says, before Jesus takes off his outer garments, the devil had already put it into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Satan was already at work. In verse 5, it says, Jesus put water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Uh, This uh, word that John uses both for putting in the heart of Judas and Jesus putting water into the basin, it's the same Greek word, balo, as if to put these two in apposition and contrast. The devil is putting into Judas, the supreme act of treachery and sin. And Jesus, in response, puts into the basin the water of forgiveness. And he offers to Judas the same thing he offers to all the 11. He offers them the water of cleansing, the water of mercy, and the water of life. It is, in some sense, the baptism of feet. As we approach this Ceremony of foot washing, it is not only an act of humility and love, but also an act of forgiveness and mercy. Finally, we come to Peter. Oh, Peter. He came to Simon Peter who said, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. In Greek, Never in this age will you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. Here Peter is, one moment he's refusing to have his feet washed and the next moment he wants an entire bath can't make up his mind Jesus rebukes him gently but what is it about the feet that need to be cleaned feet are as we all know the part of our body that touches the ground right amen okay there we go just want to make sure I had my feet on the ground for that one This act of cleansing that Jesus was performing we see here is not just a removing of dirt. Although it was a custom for people to wash before they partook of the meal, Jesus and his disciples ate plenty of meals with dirty feet. They ate outside, and sometimes they even ate with unwashed hands, and the Pharisees criticized them for it. This removing of dirt is more than just about removing dirt. And as I think about what Jesus was doing, cleansing the feet, it brings to mind Moses before the burning bush. He's told to remove his sandals because he's on holy ground. Joshua, when he encounters the commander of the armies of the Lord, is told to remove his sandals. He's on holy ground. This room in which his disciples were eating was in the presence of the Lord. It was holy ground. And their feet were washed and made clean. But darkness would soon come, and all of them to a man would fall away. Yet God chose to be near to them. The God of heaven was present on earth, on the dirt, and it became holy. This act reminds us not only of Jesus's humility and love, not only of his forgiveness and mercy, but also of the presence of God, that even in our darkest hours, amidst our deepest disappointments and fears, God is here. I think we all have a sense of the darkness in this world. Sometimes the darkness enters our own families and our own lives. Yet we can remember that in the midst of this, even when we disappoint ourselves, God is here. We are on holy ground. Now I invite you into this holy ceremony. I want you to think about it. Not just what Jesus did, but who Jesus is now. His love and forgiveness for you, for others, and for the world. His mercy and his forgiveness for all who call on his name. Most of all, have a sense of his presence, for we are indeed on holy ground. Amen.